Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. They saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John, as they saw him, his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just for a moment, to I, I love the, that the Lord did this when he did, just to encourage these men. Because he knew what was coming after his crucifixion and after his resurrection, after his ascension. He knew what was going to come. And he's like, I'm going to give these guys a shot in the arm because, boy, they need it. He brought them up on the Mount and... And his glory was able to be seen. And those guys were just falling over themselves. Today on Truth in Christ, Scripture says, We have seen and testified. Welcome to our Bible study for today. The we who give testimony in this verse are those who saw Jesus originally and were eyewitnesses to his presence. They knew the Father sent the Son as Savior of the world. John also writes in the beginning of this epistle in 1 John 1-2, where he says, The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness. I'm sure you can agree that there is no greater evidence than an eyewitness. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's message. Once and for all, there's none of this transubstantiation, hocus-pocus stuff of putting stuff in a little door, closing it up, doing some kind of mystical thing. This is a big deal, folks. Because many people, many people who love God are being led astray. And these are just a couple of things. But love will confront and tell you the truth. Love will warn when there is things that are leading people astray. There are many people who really want to know God, and yet they are being bamboozled. They're being led astray into into the teachings and the traditions of man rather than the things of God. Jesus spoke to the Pharisees about that. He says, you pay more attention to your rituals and and the things of man rather than the things of God. Why is that? You're called by my name? Then be called by my name. But if you're going to be called by something else, then go over there. But know that I love you, and I'm telling you the truth. See, we have to be bold enough and love enough to lovingly tell the truth in love, not in anger, not with picket signs and you know hateful slogans. No, that's not the way to get it done. You lovingly tell them the truth. See, this is what love is. Love does. There are other, some other things that I could quote to you from the Council of Trent, but I'm not going to bother you with it right now because we've got better things to talk about. <laughs> so... But we are to worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. In spirit, because the Spirit of God is the one who initiates it in us. In and of myself, I don't worship God. 
in and of myself, apart from the Spirit of God, there's nothing in me that worships God. I worship myself. I worship a sports figure. I worship an actor or an actress. I worship a musician. But once the Spirit of God in me, now I have this capacity, and there's something that stirs within me to worship this one who created all things, the one who saved me, the one who saved you. The one who loves you with an everlasting love. That's the one we ought to worship. And we worship him in spirit, by the spirit of God. He initiates it. We simply follow suit. And we worship him in truth. How are you going to know how to worship God if you don't know how he has been worshipped in the word of God? And how he shouldn't be worshipped in the word of God? There's plenty of examples. We worship him in spirit and in truth. Going back to our text in verse 13, he says, By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. We looked at some of these verses. Let me just give you a couple references you can write down, and we'll just touch on a couple. In John chapter 14, verses 15 through 7. John 14, 15 through 17. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, a parakletos. He's speaking of the Holy Spirit, this helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, and there he defines it for us, just in case we're wondering, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but notice, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. At this point in the life of the disciples, they weren't born again. That didn't happen really until John chapter 20. I believe it was in uh, chapter or verse 22 when Jesus breathed on them in the upper room after his uh, resurrection. They were, the Spirit of God was in them at that point. But he was telling them that he would, he dwells with you and will be in you. Not too long, brothers. I'm going to give you something, a gift. And certainly the gift was at Pentecost, but this gift was for them to be indwelt by the Spirit of God. And they still needed a baptism, which we know at Pentecost came with the Spirit coming upon them. But notice in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13 and 14, it says that we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's what it means, that he has given us of his Spirit. Are you sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise? It's something that he does. I can't do it of myself. I simply respond and say, God, forgive me, for I'm a sinner. And Jesus does the work. It's his work. And that's why I believe if you are saved, you are always saved. I believe the Bible teaches eternal security. Are you going to mess up? Are you going to sin even after being a a born-again believer? Yes, and I'm proof of it. However, again, like we've been reading, the idea is that habitually, where is my life going? Where is my life trending toward? If it's trending toward love and I'm, and I'm loving and I'm growing more in his likeness, that's a good sign. But if you find yourself going in the opposite direction, you have every reason to doubt your salvation. And only you know. Cry out to God if you're in that place. You know, there are times, <laughs> I, know that I'm, I know that I'm born again. I know that I'm saved, not because of anything that I've done. It's only by him, by his glory and his grace. But there are times, can I just confess to you, that I get so frustrated, I get so discouraged about my own heart, I'll even ask God to save me again. <laughs> I know that I'm already saved. And I know I don't need to beg him, but I do. I'm like, Lord, if there's, if there's a fingernail that is not submitted to you, save that fingernail. Save me completely. Save me. Consume me. Right? Do you feel the same way? Do you want that? Honestly, some of us, And even in myself, there's areas, there's doors 
in my life, in my heart, that I'm just not willing yet to let him open because I like this a little too much and nobody knows about it. And God says, you know, I love you so much. Will you open that door? I want to set you free from this thing that's killing you. It's going to kill you and your family. It's going to kill everything about you. It's going to kill your witness. It's going to destroy your life. And even it's going to affect your job. And pretty soon you may be even homeless because you did not follow me with all of your heart. Give it up. Give it up. Whatever's in you that is not set, not his, offer it up today on the altar of grace. Alter it. Offer it up. Offer it up. In Ephesians 4, verse 30, he says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We don't want to grieve him. We're sealed but we can grieve him. We can resist him even as believers. Don't long, no longer resist him. No longer grieve him. And when you do, what do we do? Do we give up? Do we throw in the towel and say, this Christianity stuff is not for me. It's just a bunch of nonsense. Well, you haven't comprehended grace. Because the grace of God says you've messed up big, and you have. You've stepped in it really big this time. But guess what? My love is greater than any sin you can possibly imagine. My love can overcome that sin in your life. My love can overcome the mess that you have made of your own life. I can cover it and I can restore you and set you on that narrow path again and see you running away like a child. Isn't he good? Can I get a hallelujah? (laughs) We'll get a little Pentecostal this morning. Notice in verse 14, and we have seen, underline that word, seen, and underline the word testify. John saying, we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. Boy, there's so much more here. Didn't John say in this very epistle in the first chapter, he says, that which we have heard, that which we have seen with our eyes, that which we have looked upon, our hands have handled. Does that sound like something that's just handed down throughout the ages? Or does it sound like somebody who was there, who experienced the very nature of God, that experienced Jesus? He was there. He wasn't some phantom. He wasn't some spirit. They saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John, as they saw him, his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just for a moment. to I love that the Lord did this when he did. Just to encourage these men. Because he knew what was coming after his crucifixion and after his resurrection, after his ascension. He knew what was going to come. And he's like, I'm going to give these guys a shot in the arm because, boy, they need it. He brought them up on the mountain and... And his glory was able to be seen. And those guys were just falling over themselves. Notice everybody was quiet except for Peter. I love that because that would have been me. <laughs> Lord, let's, let's, uh, let's go to Bill Gray's and have three hamburgers. And, you know, the buy one, get one free thing. John's got the extra ticket for the free extra cheeseburger. And we'll get the fries. And, you know, so excited and opening his mouth. <laughs> I love that about him. It makes me feel comfortable. But they seen him. They seen and they testified. John was there as Jesus hung on the cross. Remember in John chapter 19, it says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, that was John. As far as we know, he was the only one standing there that day along with the women. 
And he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And he wasn't looking, he wasn't asking Mary to look at him. She said, woman, behold your son. Look at John now, he is going to take care of you. As the, as the eldest son, as the firstborn, it was his responsibility to bequeath that responsibility to somebody else. Mary, I've been taking care of you all my life up to this, mo- up to this point, but now I'm going, but I'm going to leave you in good hands. I'm going to leave you into the author or the, 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 the disciple of love. He will love you. He will take care of you. Sacrificially, he would do it. He would take Mary to Ephesus, and he would stay there and, until she passed from the scene. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, verse 15, back in our text, God abides in him, and he in God. Notice, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Have you made that commitment? Do you need to make the recommitment? Say, Lord... Whatever there is about me, confess. Whoever confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Isn't that what what Peter did on that that time when they said, Jesus asked, who do the people say I the Son of Man am? And And John, or I'm sorry, Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's who you are. But who is Jesus to you? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? The Ethiopian eunuch, as recorded for us in Acts chapter 8, remember when Philip caught this man in his chariot as he was going back to Ethiopia? He comes up into his chariot and he's reading from the book of Isaiah. John expounds to him, or I'm sorry, Philip expounds to him who this was about. It was about Jesus, the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. And notice what the man says. Philip said that the man wanted to be baptized, and Philip said to him, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. In verse 16 in our text, he goes, And we have known, underline that word, known. We have known, and underline the word believed, and combine this, really, with the other two. In the previous verse, Seen and testify, known and believed. These are all very active things, aren't they? We've seen it and we've testified, John says. Now we've known and we've also believed it. Boy, that's the kind of assurance that we need. Do you have that assurance this morning? Do you know that you can have that assurance? Do you know that God's love for you is so great that he wants you to have that assurance? Just a few more things here. Let's see here. Let's just go in the the next couple of verses here, and then we'll stop at uh, verse 19. It says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, speaking of Christ, so are we in this world. The judgment that he's speaking of here is the Bema Seat judgment. We know this as the judgment seat of Christ, but it's not a judgment of salvation or lack thereof. It's of rewards, right? And John includes himself in this, right? Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And that's speaking of that time that we will spend before Jesus and receive the reward for the things that he has allowed us 
that he's allowed us to do by his spirit. And you can read about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. But notice in verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love, perfect agape, because agape is, a, is the most perfect kind of love on this earth. It is the most perfect kind of love that there is. Because agape love is self-sacrificing. It's not even concerned about the merits of the one it's bestowed upon. It's not even concerned. It's not even thinking about what I can get from it. What I can get from showing this self-sacrificing love. See, in the world, when you do something that sacrificial, you're expecting quid pro quo. If I scratch your back, you better scratch my back. But when you do something without ever, not even being concerned, it's not even a thought in your mind. You just do it because it's the right thing to do. You do it because it's good. You do it because God would have you to do it. And you do it simply, and you do it as an act of worship, and you walk away from it. Nobody sees, boy, I tell you what, God is saying, that is something that I love. I can't wait to reward you for that. No one saw it except for me. You didn't even flash a banner. Look what I've done. Look what I've done. I didn't let the left hand know what the right hand was doing. I just did it because it was the right thing to do. And God says, that is something that I am pleased with. In that way, do you know that we are witnesses unto him when we do that kind of thing? As it says in Acts, that you'll be witnesses unto me, Jesus said to his disciples. You'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. Certainly you're going to be witnesses to the people. But you're first going to be the witness to me. I'm going to see what I've done. The down payment that I have put in your heart, I'm going to see the fruit of that on display. And I'm going to say, wow, you've been a witness unto me. Doesn't he deserve the reward? (laughs) If you can call it that. The reciprocation. The fruit that he does in our life. And he, he sees it coming back to him. That is the stuff that we need to be about. That is the stuff. That's what love is. But there is no fear. The word here is phobos. This is where we get our word phobia. You got a phobia? Are you an arachnophobia? Do you have arachnophobia? Yes. There's one young lady who does. Do you have a, a, a fear of spiders? Do you have caloriophobia? Caloricophobia? You're afraid of calories? <laughs> I can't eat that thing. It's got 370 calories just in that little thing. But I've already eaten 12 of them. (laughs) Forgive me, Lord. I've forgiven you, Rob, but don't be such a pig. That's the idea. There is no fear. There's no phobia in love. But notice, perfect love, love, agape, that's the word there, it casts out fear. And see, we don't have to worry about this judgment that's coming. And that's really the context of what he's talking about here. When you've been born again and you truly know where you are going, that you are not only are loved by God, but that his spirit dwells in you, there's nothing that we should fear. We don't need to fear the judgment that we spoke, that was spoken here in, in verse 17. Because it's, a, it's not a judgment of going to heaven or lack thereof. And notice in verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. There it is again. I just can't escape it. It's, it's, it's the worship. It's where our worship begins. We love him. Why? We love him because he loved us. So that means that while I was yet a sinner, Christ loved me. Even when I was doing things opposed to him, even though when I was messing around with the Ouija board, even when I was involved in this and involved in that and drinking and smoking and doing all those things, even then, 
He loved me and he died for me. The, 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 the opportunity was there waiting for me when I, was, when I came to my senses. And then he wooed me. <laughs> he drew alongside of me and he's just saying, do you know how much I love you? Yeah, whatever. Do you know how much I love you, Rob? You're a mess. You know you're a mess. You're crying and you're a big mess. Ah, whatever. And finally one day you just say, you know what? Do you remember the day when you finally crashed? <laughs> I remember that day. Very clearly. I never want to forget that day. Crash big. You ever see the, the reenactments of the, the, hero, you know, the bomb at Hiroshima, the big mushroom cloud? That was me. Big mushroom cloud. Good riddance of that old man. Good riddance. See ya. Don't ever want to meet you again. New creation, as are you. Amen? That's the love of God. But notice God initiates, and we are responders. That's our worship. Everything we do is responding. Never forget that. It doesn't come from you. It doesn't even originate from you. It doesn't even come within you. It's something that God does in you. And as a result of all that he's done, he just says, you know what? And then the Spirit of God does that in us. And isn't it so wonderful to give? Let's stand. Let the Lord Jesus Christ love you. Let him love you. There are some of you here I know that are having a really hard time. Some of you here today have been involved in things and things have happened to you and you've brought things upon yourself that you'd be, you're ashamed of, that you feel like you're in a prison. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Let him free you again. Don't let him lie to you anymore. Resist him and he will flee from you. Don't give in to it ever again. Give your heart completely to him. And when you fall, when you fall, you get on your face and you confess and you ask him to cleanse you. And give you the gift of repentance. It is a gift, by the way. Try as I might to try and turn from anything. God has a wonderful way of giving you the gift to make it not even, you know, you know some people, and you know who you are in this room. When you gave your heart to Christ, there were, there were certain things that he took out of your life that you're amazed. It may, it may have been cigarettes. It may have been something where he just zapped you. And a handful of stuff just went bye-bye. And there were some other things that remained. But he got rid of those things just like that. It keeps us humble, doesn't it? It keeps us on our knees. It keeps us in prayer. So, Father, we just thank you for your wonderful love for us, Lord. We pray that, Lord, you cleanse and heal us, Lord. And, Father, I pray for anyone here this morning that is struggling with those things and and feeling guilty and feeling like... You don't love them any longer, feeling like they've let their family down, that they've let themselves down, that they've let you down. Lord, they've let everyone down, and and Father, wallowing in sin, Father, I pray that today you would set them free. Would you please speak to them and apply the Spirit of God on them and just warm their heart again and give them that gift of repentance. Give Give us all that gift of repentance in every area of our life. 
Lord, do that work because of your great love. You are so loving, Father, and we are so blessed that you love us so much. Please encourage your people today. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.